This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. For kids who might not have enough to eat at home, free and reduced school meals ensure that they get breakfast and lunch every weekday. During the pandemic, access to free meals was expanded, and families didn't need to meet income requirements. But that's changing, and now many families need to reapply. So here to explain this and what goes into making sure kids have food to eat while they're at school is Tim Murphy. He administers federal school nutrition programs in Illinois as a principal consultant with the Illinois State Board of Education. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you very much and good morning. Good morning. We're going to get to the policy changes later in the conversation, Tim. But first, I want you to talk about why free and reduced school meals are so important for students. Well, they really fuel the day. Um, you know, proper nutrition, it's an essential part of the school day, as important as many of the other subjects that they cover each day. You know, there's uh, countless studies that connect proper nutrition with academic performance. And these, you know, these free and reduced price lunch and breakfast programs ensure all students have adequate and a healthy diet to support their learning. Yeah. Remind us, Tim, what, what the nutrition requirements are for these school meals? Well, the uh, the meals themselves, you know, school districts that participate in the National School Lunch Program and uh, uh, School Breakfast Program, they're required to follow a meal pattern consisting of five components. There's milk and fruits and vegetables and grains and, and then meat or meat alternates, you know, such as, uh, you know, nut butters or uh, um, um, soy products. And, you know, these guidelines are based on scientific evidence and recommendations from the dietary guidelines for Americans. And these encourage, you know, consuming a variety of foods that are nutritionally balanced and promote health. You know, some schools do what is called um, offer versus serve. You know, a student could choose some of the components. You, you, you might see this at high schools more with, with older students um, with the offer versus serve option. You know, this helps combat waste. And, you know, of course, we always encourage five components for the best nutrition. Yeah. How does the uh, Illinois State Board of Education ensure that the free meals have high quality ingredients and that they are meals that kids will actually want to eat? I ask this as a parent because I have to admit, I, I hear a lot of complaints. You know, that, that is always a concern, you know, with, you know, trying to combat waste. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to nutrition education. It's, you know, it's a very important subject to, uh, you know, teach kids what, you know, the nutrition and how important, you know, these meals are to uh, support the day. So ensuring that the meals are of high nutritional quality and, and that they aren't adding to the problem of childhood diabetes and things like high cholesterol and high blood pressure, I know that that's a priority. So how does your office actually take that into consideration? Well, they're, they're like I said, the, uh, the, those dietary guidelines for Americans. So there's a lot of research and science that goes into that with the, the evidence and recommendations for, at the federal level, you know, that determine and how these components are created. So they're, they're um, you know, a very well thought out, you know, the po- components that can match that nutrition um, with the different uh, parts of the meal. And then there's also some nutritional uh, um, requirements, too. So they monitor the level of, uh, you know, sodium in those and uh, um, as well as the calories for different age students. Mm-hmm. And just so we're clear, are there discrepancies in quality of ingredients between the free meals and the meals that people pay for? 
No, the uh, the meals themselves, a reimbursable meal is, uh, you know, consists of the same components for, you know, there are different eligibility for a school that's not in uh, the community eligibility provision where meals are free charge for nobody, um, or for all students, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the components are the same, whether that student is, is you know, eligible for a paid meal, a free meal, or a reduced price meal. We know the pandemic has changed the game, right? So so bring us up to speed. How did legislation that passed during the pandemic expand access to these free meals? Well, you know, child nutrition programs, they've been essential throughout, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, ensuring kids got continued, you know, they continued to get that nutrition they needed. You know, um, we are transitioning, and even last year we transitioned back to, you know, in-person learnings, and the meals, you know, went with them, too. You know, early in the pandemic, um, you know, with the return to, you know, with the return to in-person learning, we saw those meals return. But, you know, early in the pandemic, there was more allowances of what we called non-congregate feeding, you know, as well as parent pickup and mealtime flexibility. And we'll be seeing more of that in the new year as, you know, hopefully with the pandemic, you know, that that kids can continue to gather, you know, for in-person for in-person learning and have those meals that they need there. It wasn't clear at one point whether... Uh these provisions were going to continue for the summer and into this school year. Lawmakers actually voted at the last minute in June to extend some of these provisions. What was that uncertainty like, Tim? Yeah, with the summer meals, um, you know, there's been kind of a transition in, in the pandemic's just really hard to predict in terms of, you know, what waivers are needed at the federal level so states can, you know, adopt those and get those flexibilities to our schools across the state. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, a lot of it just depends on the unpredictability of that the pandemic and rising cases. So a lot of it's connected to, you know, local public health and the number of cases that are, are in the area. Is that how you made decisions on your end about how to provide meals this summer? The the waivers themselves are connected to uh, COVID nineteen. So if if a school um, has you know a COVID reason, they can uh, use those uh, waivers to you know to to ensure safety of the students and and to do non congregate meals and parent pickup. Uh, supply chain issues have, have also led to many schools not getting the food that they ordered on time. Um, some cases, it was wrong, like they got the wrong food delivered, which, of course, as you can imagine, has made it difficult to meet nutrition requirements. So I, I wonder how are schools in Illinois supposed to meet these challenges? Yeah, um, schools are they're facing the same challenges, you know, that we are in grocery stores and restaurants and having to get all the food and supplies they need. You know, um, I guess, it, you know, it really is important to that to say that the school nutrition professionals are doing everything, everything they can to serve healthy meals to your child. Um, you know, sometimes this means needing to swap out foods or, or you know, others because some are easier to find. Um, you know, we ask that people be patient with the school nutrition professionals who are striving to serve the kids. You know, they're really, 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 truly committed to making sure our kids get the healthy meals they depend on, you know. 
And then from a administrative, you know, perspective, you know, the, the schools, you know, are experiencing supply chain challenges, you know, sourcing the food components that, that they need. We we encourage them to reach out to us at ISB. Um, even before the pandemic and certainly now more than ever, we you know, we help school districts districts navigate these situations. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we can connect them with suppliers that other districts in their area area are using. We just had a recent um, incident where a district, their milk supplier, you know, longtime milk supplier had closed shop, and uh, we were able to reach out to area schools and, and set them up to get that supply. So, you know, if dis- districts document their efforts to obtain the required components, and th- then we're, we'll ensure that they'll still get reimbursement for the meals. When things like that happen, do you notify families too? Or at what point do you let families in on, on what's going on behind the scenes? You know, our role largely is to support our schools. So the schools are a lot of times are the are the the contact points for the families. But we do supply to, tools for our schools to uh, you know help communicate uh, some of the issues that they are doing. You know, with with whether it's just talking points or letters, and you know, just to help navigate. You know, it's been a challenging time for you know for families and schools. You know, to run mm-hmm. these programs in the last couple of years. So this is recent. Definitely reach out with some with assistance. If you're just tuning in, that is Tim Murphy, principal consultant with the Illinois State Board of Education. And we are talking about free and reduced school meals and who needs to reapply this year. Um, Tim, while the Keep Kids Fed Act extended funding for free and reduced school meals, as I mentioned earlier, it also required that families reapply for, for free and reduced meals. So talk to us. How is the Illinois State Board of Ed letting families know that they need to do this, that they need to reapply? Well, first, I just want to stress that we we really encourage families to reach out to their school and their district for questions about meal programs. This is because, you know, participation varies a lot from school to school and district to district. You know, not all schools are in the federal programs that we administer here at ISBE, so it can vary a lot, and the, the best answers are going to come locally from your school, you know, you know, statewide, you know, we've seen an increase in districts that operate the community eligibility provision that's uh, called CEP. So this is under the National School Lunch Program and School Breakfast Program and has been for years. You know, we've seen a big increase in um, these, you know, districts that are eligible to participate in CEP where, you know, the meals are available at no charge for all students in the, in the schools in their area. You know, it's based on a low income percentage for the district. So, you know, some schools, you know, some families may be in these districts that have CEP, and then yet there are some schools that are transitioning back to pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, and that's what you were asking about. The, You know, they've been essential through that, so we understand it's going to be a, a challenge, you know, for some families as schools return to these meal programs with paid, free, and reduced price eligibility for students, you know. And that process is, you know, you know, the, for some schools in the National School Lunch Program, but not in CEP, they do a process called, these schools do a process called direct certification and uh, to determine who is eligible for free meal. So that yeah. it's behind the scenes and the families will be notified if they're eligible. And then, then the next step for the school is to uh, distribute household eligibility applications to determine eligibility for free, reduced-priced, or paid meals. You know, 
So that's kind of the process. You know, so we will see some return to that pre-pandemic uh, um, process for some schools. So, so just so we're clear, if, if families don't reapply, what happens to their students? Do they get turned away from receiving a meal? Oh no, they you know it, this is just a determination in for you know what their eligibility is for that reimbursable meal if they would like a free or one of the uh, reimbursable meals through the National School Lunch Program or the School Breakfast Program. Yeah. So it would determine if that meal is free or at a reduced price or at a paid price and then based on the you know for the administrative side for the school that's based on how um the school is reimbursed for those meals served. And where can they find the application? They just get it through the school, or is, is it online as well? Yeah, and that's, again, where, you know, I really want to stress that uh, families reach out to their their specific school. It can vary a lot. Some, some schools have uh, an online application, and then some of them uh, will do a paper one. Um, and then the deadlines can vary, too, you know, just depending on, you know, when your school is starting. Yeah. You know, I have to say, Tim, this is happening, of course, in the midst of inflation, right, and high food costs. So I'm sure that's a concern for you uh, on the purchasing side of things. But uh, it also might mean that, you know, kids are facing more food insecurity at home, right? Yeah, from... I, you know, we definitely know that uh, schools are seeing the same prices, you know, for food and supplies that we're seeing, you know, seeing them rise, you know. Um, you know, each year the reimbursement rates that schools receive for the meals that they serve, they're adjusted for inflation. So that did get a rise. But one of the good things about the Keep Kids um, Fed Act uh, is that they did an additional boost to those rates to help districts with the rising costs. Yeah. You know, and then there's another federal program um, that started back in March, and it will be continuing. It's called uh, Supply Chain Assistance Funds, and that's helping districts to to uh, to help navigate those rising prices. And we definitely understand it's a challenging time for schools yeah. and families. That's Tim Murphy. He works with the Illinois State Board of Education on federal school nutrition programs. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.